Hi, everybody. Welcome to the CrossFuse Fast 15, a segment where we spend a quick 15 minutes discussing big topics with a top subject matter expert. Uh, my name is Caitlin Frank, and here with me today is Sean Wilson. Um, Sean leads our account team in Canada and the eastern U.S. He's been with CrossFuse for five years and has worked with hundreds of customers during that time to really maximize their value in the ServiceNow platform. So welcome, Sean. Thank you, Caitlin. It's great to be with you today. Great. Glad to have you. Um, so let's dive right in. So um, today we're talking about how to get more out of uh, your investment in the ServiceNow platform. So, you know, as we all know, ServiceNow is not a small investment. And especially today, organizations need to get every ounce of that return on the investment possible. So as somebody who works closely with IT leaders, what are some of the things you're seeing organizations do to get more value out of their ServiceNow instance? Yeah, what a great question. Um, I'd agree on all counts that it's generally a um, an investment that a lot of people have eyes on. And uh, to a, to the platform's credit, oftentimes those high expectations are set by other peers that have enjoyed them. Um, so so it's a great question. I think one of the um, sort of foundational ways beyond just getting it deployed correctly that people can get maximum value is to really weaponize the data they capture. Um, Kaylin, what we see over and over again is customers that have pockets of information all throughout the enterprise where nobody really has visibility into anybody else's information. Um, and of course, a core tenant of ServiceNow is to provide that visibility, right? We often talk with our clients and lead, uh, IT leaders about establishing a system of truth or the system of record by bringing all that information into one platform. Almost everybody who goes down the ServiceNow journey wants that to happen, right? They know instinctually having all that information in one place is better than not. The miss I see about half the time, though, and I and honestly, I kind of I consider it low hanging fruit is once we've done that for two or three months, once we've effectively moved all that pocket of information into the platform, everybody's using a single um, you know, instance of service now. The miss is we should be analyzing that data to learn about improvements and enhancements we can make right away. Um, I, I, I recall a conversation I had with a CIO of a large technology company we were working with. And he, he told me this, this anecdotal story. He said, we got ServiceNow deployed. Uh, I've got really smart directors and VPs on my staff. They uh, proactively extracted the data after 90 days and started analyzing it. And we found something we never knew, which was one of the number one customer complaints with our team was when a customer or when 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 a when an employee lost a swipe card to the gym, believe it or not. IT was responsible for replacing those swipe cards. But we had never, because it was handled in one of those pockets of information I mentioned, nobody really understood the scope of the pain in the organization over something so silly as they can't go to the gym anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as that was brought to their attention, they immediately improved the process, were able to send a communication out to the entire organization saying, we know how tough this was in the past. Here's a new way to do it. Go to ServiceNow, go to the service catalog, make a request and we'll have you a replacement card in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And it was that single thing, that glimmer of information that they didn't know before 
that really brought the whole organization on board with changing the image of the IT department and also wind in the sails of ServiceNow. So that example was a, was a long way of answering your question, Caitlin. But I think the number one pe thing people can do is after deploying, shortly after deploying, harvest that data. Think about what are the big problems that maybe we just didn't even know and start to make a change in those folks' professional lives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That, that's a really, that's a great story. I love that it's, you know, it, it's, it seems small, but the ripple effect of that, I can imagine would be so huge for an organization like that, just the, in the amount of time saved to address all of those, um, the key cards. So, uh, but you mentioned, you know, looking at 90 days out from an impl implementation, starting to look at that data, how important is the original implementation at the start um, to laying a foundation to getting that kind of data you know, later on? Do you need to be having that kind of foresight? You know, if, if you're already you know, 18 months out, have you kind of missed your opportunity to do some of this stuff or, or how, would you, how would you approach that? I wouldn't. I think that enablement happens within an IT department staff, either organically, to your mm -hmm. point, perhaps, maybe across 18 months, or uh, there's enablement by the partner. I know at Crossviews, we put a big emphasis on enabling new teams on how to use this great thing, not, not just day to day, but in a broader sense. How do I get this data out? What are the, what are the dashboards I should be looking at outside of you know, today's issues? Um, so I guess the, 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 the answer to your question is that learning curve um, sometimes is a little longer, but, but doesn't mean it's too late, mm -hmm. right? I would encourage any customer that we're working with, perhaps even that has been a little static on the platform for maybe a year or a year and a half, mm -hmm. is their data is even more valuable, right? Because there's 18 months worth of it. So let's really start breaking it down about, you know, what are the incidents we see recurring over and over again? What change requests do we see fail over and over again and why? And if we can start really using that information, again, whether there's an 18-month amount of it mm -hmm. or three-month amount of it, I think the mantra of digging into that inf uh, info and data and, and, and planning for improvements and enhancements, not to the platform, but to your end users, you know, um, process. Mm -hmm. um, is valuable whenever it starts, right? A year in or two months in. Sure. So, I mean, with, with you know, whether it's three months or 18 months or however many months of data, I mean, that it still seems a little bit overwhelming. So to kind of unleash it to your team and say, hey, you know, go digging, see what you can find. I mean, is, is that the right approach? Or like, where do you, what advice would you have for somebody to determine where to start? Where do you start? Right. I, I think, well, to, to coin back to the, 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 the example story I told you about earlier, that CIO um, did have a lot of, of confidence in his team. In fact, he even called it out. He said, listen, I, I, I got really smart people working for me. My investment in ServiceNow just allowed me to hand them a bunch of business intelligence about our organization. And I could kind of stand back and let them go. Um, if that isn't the case, perhaps, maybe it's a, because of the enablement piece, not really understanding ServiceNow and the reporting and the BI component of it. 
I would recommend to, um, you know, eat an elephant one spoon at a time, so to mm. speak. Think about a very narrow uh, piece of the platform, but but look at it through the lens of improving end user experience, right? We know what the end users um, find frustration in, right? They find frustration in technical things that break over and over again. That should pop up in this data as recurring incidents. Mm -hmm. We know that the end users find frustration when they go to the portal and they can't find exactly what they're looking for. That should show up uh, in ServiceNow when we, aut ServiceNow automatically analyzes your knowledge articles based on the incidents your people have put in and identifies any gaps for self-service. Mm -hmm. So there's another example. We know that end users don't like outages, right? Outages are one of the biggest problems. So um, let's look at the common um, root cause, I guess, of outages mm -hmm. and, and think about, or at least look at that data and see if there's any associations or trends we can make. Mm -hmm. So um, I know you were looking for a very specific, almost like a template, but I guess my, my suggestion is it's really around looking it through the lens of the customer, even if the customer is an internal end user. Mm -hmm. That's that's great advice, I think. Um, and do you think, you know, you, you talk about trying to find um, sort of the root cause of things. Do you think using something like, like the 80-20 rule or Pareto analysis would be a useful tool yeah. to kind of help you figure out where to start? Yeah, yeah. My friends and colleagues I work with in IT, to your point, I think sometimes we lose sight of that 80-20 rule yeah. and we can try and boil the ocean or fix every single problem. But you're exactly right. You know, when, when we think about, well, as an example, in IT, in the ITIL world, um, problem management is often thought of a process that has to do with a big issue that happens. Um and once it happens, we follow these rules, right? Mm -hmm. I know customers that have taken that concept and started thinking of it as proactive problem management. In other words, at the end of every month or at the end of every quarter, they're looking at what were the three, not a hundred, just three, mm -hmm. what were the three largest sources of incidents that we had this past month or this past quarter? And whatever those are, they start to analyze how are our knowledge articles so that customers can self-serve? Is our process something we have to change? What sort of enablement do we have to give our own people at the service desk so that when they're talking to the end user about these top three offenders, they're better equipped to resolve it? Mm -hmm. So think about that for just a second. If you were doing that monthly, that one small item, just looking at the top three offenders analyzing them and then creating assets to help you support those three offenders. If you did that every month for a year, you would have knocked out the top 36 incident creating issues in your organization. Taking this all the way back to your first question, mm -hmm. if that data wasn't all in service now, if we didn't know how many tickets were open, if we didn't know uh, what our customer or end user survey scores were, mm -hmm. Some number of those 36 things would just not be fixed and would continually churning up dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. That would be that would be a very simple approach that people could get started on tomorrow. 
That's that that's great to hear. Um, the other, I mean, thinking on the flip side of that, you know, we've been talking a lot about the sort of small incremental improvements, but what about full on transformation mode? What if you're looking to, you know, you've been on service now for a while and you, you're you ready to make a change, especially, you know, in, in today's world and kind of this new normal we're in, um, a lot of people are needing transformation. So how can the data in um, in your ServiceNow instance help to, if, if not create a transformation, at least lay the groundwork or set some kind of direction for transforming your operation? Yeah, that's really a great point. What we see when customers are trying to harvest or go through that transformation piece that the number one uh, biggest challenge is never the application or the tool. Mm-hmm. It's really around human behavior and, and organizational change management. I know that's not the, the topic for today, but as you know, Crossviews puts a big emphasis on that. Mm-hmm. So here's what I would here's what I would suggest, and what I've seen dozens and dozens of times uh, with customers, is that while the data itself isn't necessarily going to drive a transformation initiative, here is what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. It's going to get everybody in the boat with you. Right, because we're going to make a difference. Think about the example I gave you earlier. If there's a ton of pain inside the employees about these replacement swipe cards and we fix it and we market that fix and then we continually to send those success stories of the top three things, again, my second point, Mm -hmm. the top three things we remediated from last month and we're communicating constantly to leader and to uh, to the customer our customer base, what you will find is that everybody is more apt to bite off what you're selling when you're talking about that larger transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, just I'll, 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 I'll put a pin in this idea right here. I'll, I'll drive it home. Many times business unit leaders that aren't in that phase one of service now are kind of are kind of um, skeptical right? That that IT tool is going to be good for me in HR, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, but if IT has thoughtfully rolled it out, started changing minds and influencing and making friends throughout the organization, <laughs> because of all the people, reasons yeah. Just, yeah, because of the reasons I just shared, then you know what happens in HR? They want some of that too. Yeah. And and that that barrier starts to come down and suddenly it's HR and the PMO and the facilities group and marketing wants a queue and legal's interested vendor management team. And suddenly you're full on, full on through digital transformation. And I would argue it all started with getting people um, new swipe cards to the gym. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um so looking, thinking transformationally and thinking of the data and, and convincing people to get on board, I mean, do you think that there's potential then for actually winning more budget internally for ServiceNow expansion efforts? No question. Yeah, no question. The, the best CIOs at this um, uh, really don't, don't use a business case as only a way to get initial budget but frankly, use the business case and the delivery of that value um, to get the next budget. Mm -hmm. And the things we've been talking about just for the last few minutes um, become part of that story, right? We we were going after a million dollars worth of savings. We 
we found $800,000 worth of savings after the first project, or maybe 1.2, who knows, plus mm -hmm. or minus. But then the talking points that go along with that, right? We mm -hmm. we increased the end user's opinion in regards to IT by three net promoter score points, or we anecdotally have the following quotes from, from users that were, you know, over the moon excited with uh, the way we were able to provide service to them. Mm -hmm. So... I think it. I think it becomes part of the story um, that really bolsters the second business case for phase two. Nice. Um, we just have a couple minutes left. I have one sure. quick question I want to ask you. Um, what kind of roles would you need on your team to accomplish what you're describing? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think you need. Um, less of a technician the degree to which they have data analyst skill set is probably helpful but i really think um kind of a logical thinker somebody who's able to sort of uh you know interpret the data not collect the data so this is not a technical role in my opinion mm -hmm. um what we do see just as an aside, I guess, to your question, folks who do go through transformation often point at somebody and call them the director of innovation or the director of transformation. And, 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 and I think the people or folks we're talking about now with the skill set um, really are probably the folks that could grow into that in the future. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, it's about being able to look at some numbers and some information, connect them together to really interpret and understand it, but also somebody who's able to perhaps talk to some customers, talk to some end users, validate those, you know, validate their findings in a way that isn't overly technical, right? It's, I guess, the last point I'd make here and to sum it up, it's really being able to um, put the hat on of the end user. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that skill in IT sometimes can be a premium. Um, and um, when you find it, I, I think this is a good role for it. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, Sean, thank you so much. This has yeah. been really insightful, and I'm sure a lot of people watching are going to have a lot of ideas kind of popping up um, out of it. Sure. So for anybody that's watching, um, if you want to talk more about this or about anything having to do with ServiceNow, Reach out to us anytime at uh, let's talk at crossuse.com um, or give us a call and check out our website, crossuse.com. All right, thanks, Sean, and thanks everybody for watching. Thanks, Caitlin. Take care.